We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Quick little mini-sode as we come off this holiday week. Today, I've got a quick interview with Clint Bentley and Greg Quedar, the co-writers of the film Jockey, which is in theaters yesterday in New York and L.A., uh, hopefully streaming very soon. A little bit more on that movie after some quick housekeeping. It was one I really enjoyed. Excited to to have Clint and Greg on the podcast to talk about it. I'm really hoping this is one that the listeners of the show can check out very soon because if you've been listening to the show for a while, I think it's something you're going to really enjoy. But um, great stuff on the horizon for the show in 2022. This is actually this will be our last episode of the year of, of 2021. Been kicking around some future content ideas with the members of the Big Screen Sports Patreon group. And as always, this show is produced by our producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike Dries, Ryan Yeager, Mike D, James Kowaluski, and Chris Mykoski. Um, all members of the Patreon group get to vote on movies and shows covered by the podcast and generally get a say in what goes on, what we're going to be talking about. Um, obviously, you know, I keep some stuff, throwing some stuff that's that's just for me, but um, supporters of the show, I, I threw out some ideas for 2022 content just yesterday over in the group. Um, so if you enjoy the show but want to tailor it a little bit more to stuff you want to hear covered, um, just want to get some some input in there or just want to help support the show, that would be awesome. Uh, join the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash sports. You also get schedule updates. Uh, when I know an episode's going live, you know when episode's going live. Um, I will, as soon as I'm actually done recording this, I'm about to hit up the Patreon group, drop some some upcoming episode news. Just got two scheduled, so looking forward to that. Uh, you also get stickers at a certain tier. It's a great looking sticker, so if you want to support the show, uh, get a say in what we cover, go to patreon.com slash Big screen sports. So let's get to Jockey. Uh, Jockey has been doing the the festival circuit for a while. Um, it's just it's now getting to the point where we, the general public, can watch it. It's a movie I was excited about when I heard about it. It's kind of it's something we've been talking about on this show for a while. Is that sports movies now are are having to do 
different things um, in, in the sense of it's no longer, you know, root, root, root for the home team or some just generic inspirational story. Um, Got to look at different aspects of, of the sporting world um, all over the place. And this one kind of gets to an area that we haven't really seen in film before. Uh, the premise, an aging jockey aims for a final championship when a rookie rider arrives claiming to be his son. Now, this one, I, I know for me personally, when I think of jockey or horse racing movie, I jump to Seabiscuit's movie we covered earlier this year on the show. This is this is a different side of that. This is modern, and this is that side of, of horse racing. You know, I think for the, the general public, we kind of just think of the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and those, you know, those big races that are that are on TV. And, you know, we hear about Triple Crown winners and stuff like that. The setting of this film and these characters, they're going to feel really far from that. Um, this is a jockey who, who's grinding out smaller stakes races uh, down in Arizona. It's something that's very personal. The director, Clint, and we'll get into this in the interview. Um, his his dad was a jockey for a, for a short time period as Clint was growing up. He, and then he transitioned into being a, a horse trainer. Um, but it's it's a really raw look. And the thing, this movie, it's it's as much of a character study as it is a, a horse racing movie. It's got just top tier, top notch performances. Clifton Collins Jr., who's the the lead in this movie, plays the the title character, the jockey uh, Jackson. You might recognize Clifton Collins Jr. from if you're a Westworld fan like me. Uh, he plays he plays Lawrence in the first season of Westworld, who he you know basically sends half the season being uh being tortured by ed harris uh i guess spoiler warning on season one of westworld but he's he's excellent in this and in just a, a guy just trying to trying to keep going collins gives a physical performance an emotional performance the characters feel a depth um the whole movie's really well written these characters are really you know really well rounded um the in the the subject line or in the the premise of the movie you know we talk about the rookie rider claiming to be a son it's played by moises arias uh if you're of a certain age you might recognize him from from hannah montana uh he is he is now an adult uh you might have seen him in the king of staten island he's excellent in this one and then uh molly parker as well in this one turns in just an incredible performance um it's it's one that it's it's more based around these characters around, especially, especially your title character, the jockey, um, then, you know, a classic sports movie like Seabiscuit and Seabiscuit really invested in the races and, you know, Seabiscuit winning and beating war admiral and, you know, and all that stuff. This is, this is about people and, and the sport is what surrounds them. And the sport is really what makes them. Um, it's the, it's the essence of all these characters too. So it's not as though it's just, just a side piece. This could be about anything. It's the horse racing is important. And, and on that subject, this one has incredible, action the the sports race the the horse racing action um it's not it's not super prevalent in the movie uh it's it's not something where there's a race every five minutes but the there's we get into this in the interview very specific choice with how they chose to film the horse racing in this one um and i think it's really effective it makes for um you know great viewing experience uh i was i was a huge fan and, and we talk about all the time on this show, um, you know, cast athletes, not actors. And I, I get into this in the interview, but they surrounded this, these great character actors, this great cast with real life jockeys. Um, so they have the inspiration from, you know, the, the writer, Clint, the director, Clint, his, his dad, they have that pulling from, you know, when, when developing the script, but then they just surround these, these actors with actual jockeys talking about their experiences. Um, it, it, it really comes through. 
it's something that so many more movies need to do. These guys are the real fucking deal. And there's a there's a specific scene in this movie where it's our lead and he's surrounded by what you realize pretty quickly are real life jockeys. Um, It's it's hard to fake this. And it's it's incredible. It's not it's not a sports action moment. It is it is some guy sitting around talking and it is one of my favorite sport sports movie scenes. Honestly, like it's just it's very raw. It's very realistic. It is very much a tribute to why you need to bring in people who have actually been there, have them on set, have them in the film again, when they're not trying to win you and when you're, you know, you don't need someone to win you an Oscar, bring in people who have actually been in the shit and, and it's going to make the movie stand out. So this is one that I really hope that all of you can, you know, can catch this either in a theater, if you're on the, the coast cities or if this expands a little bit or when it hits streaming, I think it's, it's well worth a watch. It moves really well. It's very compelling. Um, if you're a sports movie fan, it's it's giving you something a little different, and I, I think that's a really good thing. And I I hope that more you know movies like this can continue to be made. Um, we're going to be talking about a movie next week called The Novice, which is same thing, very character driven, um, very much a psychological story. And I I think that movies like that are probably going to end up being the future. These the small indie sports movies, um, as opposed to these team centric. We gotta we gotta win the final game things. And I'm I'm honestly totally cool with that because this movie Jockey was was excellent. So without further ado, let's kick it to my interview with uh, Clint and Greg. And again, if you get the chance to check this one out, please do uh, enjoy the interview. We'll catch you next Monday with uh, another episode of Big Screen Sports. Okay, I am joined today by Clint Bentley and Greg Quedar, the creators of the excellent film Jockey. Uh, guys, I, just starting off with most importantly, in your words, what is Jockey and where and when are people going to be able to stream that? Thank you for having us. Um, Jockey is uh, a movie set in the world of horse racing that gives uh, a behind-the-scenes look at, at horse racing and, um, and the life of a jockey in a way that we've never seen it. It stars Clifton Collins Jr. as an aging jockey, kind of on his in his last days in uh, in the world of horse racing. And you can see it starting December 29th in New York and L.A. in theaters, and then uh, it'll roll out across the country after that. And Clint, it's a it's a personal story for you. Your you know your dad was a jockey. You've lived kind of seen this life firsthand. How long had this story been been percolating in your mind? How long had you wanted to tell something like that? Uh, you know, for, I guess since like 2016 or 2017, I first kind of had the inkling after Greg and I made our first movie, Transpecos, I had the inkling of, of wanting to make a movie in this world. And then, um, and then Greg and I started working on the scripts, uh, in earnest in like 2017 and then shot it in 2019. So it's been years in the making. Greg, when you when you build a character like like our main character, like Clifton, the character portrayed by Clifton Collins, when you build a character like this, is it from the ground up? Like you, you know, this is the first thing about him. You kind of stack everything up, or is it a scatter plot of these kind of characteristics this guy might have, or the life he might have lived, and then you throw it all on a board, and then you try to piece together this very complex character? That's interesting. Yeah, that's a great question, um, and it's funny that you said from the ground up because really our our process as writers is really you know we like to say we build our films from the dirt up and so actually we're we're first thinking about the place uh in that world and you know we 
you know, Clint's the son of a jockey. And so we had all of that sort of firsthand knowledge from his own life, but um, I was coming at it completely from the outside. And so the, our first part of the process was to embed on a track in Houston and, you know, slept in a tack room and woke up at dawn with all the horses and jockeys and, and spent a lot of time with these people and starting to understand their relationship to that place and all the contradictions and beauty of it. And the role of Jackson, um, you know, for me, um, first and foremost is thinking about the sport at this moment in time. It's, it's, it's a fading pastime. If you, you know, you, you'll find that out very quickly just by going to any blue collar track in this country. And there are very few people in the grandstands watching, but then you go on the backside and it's still like very alive and full of life. And in many ways, Clifton in the sunset of his career, um, he becomes a sort of vessel for a fading sport. And so I'm thinking about that um, as a sort of long goodbye. It, it, uh, it becomes like the textures of which to like kind of really build his character and create um, the marriage of like the story and the things that enter his life, this new horse from Ruth and this kid claiming to be his son. Um, you sort of understand that perspective because you started with the world first. I don't want to. I don't want to do any spoilers. Everyone needs to check this out themselves. But just from where I guess where we leave, uh, where we leave Jackson at the end of the movie, and where it seems like this this transition, it looks like it's going to be a transition in his life. Um, is that something that from basically do you have your ending or your path for this character from the beginning, or is it something that you guys kind of figured out a, as you went? You know, we always had the ending there was a very specific feeling that we had talked about of, of wanting to leave the viewer with and a very specific type of ending. Now, in terms of how that came off in terms of plot, we went through a lot of iterations on that. Um, and I think wrote like five or six different endings before we finally landed on the one that felt like it got that feeling across and, and, and felt like it got the, the, the idea of the ending across that, that we wanted to get across. Um, but just worked in such a way where it worked in the most economical way possible. Greg, with five or six different endings, is there one that you can share that be the most like off the wall or, or like a, a strange idea that was left on the cutting room floor? Um, sure. Why not? It's a podcast. Um, you know, we, we, uh, w one of the ideas that was probably the scripted one, uh, the first scripted one we had was, um, was Jackson getting thrown off his horse and then and sort of a wave of them right riding over him and he's like broken laying in the dirt um and hears over the grandstand over the grandstand uh announcer that uh that gabriel won the race and 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 as he's like his life is sort of fading from him, you see his little smile at the corner of his, uh, of his mouth and some birds flitting up in the rafters and uh and then that that's how the movie would have ended that that would have been quite a like a big chill moment and, and yeah then, a little little foreshadowing from that too earlier in the film talk about uh some of the some of the stuff there right um so you guys i was watching a, a another interview and you guys you wrote this this film for clifton with clifton collins jr in mind to play jackson how much of that writing and building that character 
is taking things about Clifton, as you guys had worked worked with him before, taking things about him as a person and incorporating them to the character, or just assuming that we can build this character and we have confidence that he's going to be able to inhabit him? It's a really, uh, it's a combination of those two things, really. Um, not only, you know, a lot of things came out of just us becoming friends with Clifton and, and, and learning things about him as a person and, uh, and knowing things that he hadn't had the opportunity to do in other films and putting those in there. Uh, case in point being, you know, Clifton's humor and, and, uh, and there, there's a, there's a lightness to, to Clifton that goes along with, with also the kind of melancholy and heaviness. Um, and then Clifton's tap dancing. He knew how to tap dance from a young age. And so that went in there, but then there's other things that had nothing to do with Clifton's life at all that we knew from working with him on Transpecos that kind of whatever we threw at him, he would, he would be able to do it. Um, and, and we gave him that time to, to uh, go through his process and prep um, to get prepared for those things. But he's, he's remarkable in terms of what he can pull off and what he can sell. And Clint, on that subject of that character, how much of your, your own father were you able to incorporate in that character? Did you try or did you try to leave that, leave that separately and make this a completely unique character? I tried as much as possible to make it unique. Um, but then I had a friend point out to me when I, I, who was reading scripts for us and, and kind of giving notes. And he's like, you know, this is about your dad, right? You can, you can let that in there a little bit. Um, but it's, it's outside of anything of plot or, or anything like this. It, my, my dad never really made it to this stage as a jockey. Um, his, his career was cut short uh, when he was younger um, and he moved on to training and things like that. But um, it was more about the feeling. It, it was about the feeling of a type of character and a type of person um, that's a little bit uh, of a cowboy type character in, in kind of this like neo-Western vibe. Um, but is also very light and jovial and can tell long stories. And, and, and so it was more about the feeling and the vibe than, than anything specific. So if you yeah. went into training, was there any of Ruth? Did you guys build any of, uh, any of Ruth into those experiences that your dad had? Oh yeah, for sure. There was something about, uh, the, the big thing about Ruth that Molly just came, Molly Parker came in and took to the, to the nth degree, um, was just this, like this laid back vibe. That's like, uh, covering a, um, a control of everything and like knows everything, knows everything about every horse, knows everything about every jockey can tell when a jockey is hiding an injury. Um, and, but also just like kind of lackadaisical and just asks like, Hey, who made the coffee today? Um, and, uh, and, and so that, that plus the fact that like, there's a really complicated relationship between trainers and jockeys where the trainer is the jockey's boss but also their friends, but also has to answer to an owner, but also has to, an owner of a horse, but also has to take the horse's well-being into account at all times. And so they've got this very complicated relationship and then add on to that, that they've got, you know, long histories usually with the jockeys that they've been working with. And it, it makes it a very complicated character that Molly pulled off beautifully. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Greg, with with doing this, with a, doing a sports movie, I guess anyone who makes a sports movie, you have to make a decision on the the actual the the action, whether it's baseball, football, mm-hmm. whatever. How are we going to show it? How much are we going to show it? You guys, you guys make a specific choice with with mm-hmm. really two deliberate but different kind of kind of racing scenes. How many mm-hmm. scenarios of how much racing to show, you know, did you guys go through? How did you you come to the decision or was that the original we've got these these two essential set pieces that we're going to show and other than that mm-hmm. it's racing's very in the background. Yeah, that was something was a very active discussion all you know in the writing and prep uh, all the way through shooting that also a large part of the decisions we made you know, we can attribute as well to our collaboration with our other team, particular cinematographer, Adolfo Veloso, but our ethos kind of going into shooting this film was, um, you know, this is about the welfare of jockeys. And then as a byproduct, the welfare of the horses and nothing we want, we did in making this film, we wanted to jeopardize the health and welfare of the jockeys and horses. And so, uh, you know, our mentality was that we were not going to put, create, racing environments that could, could that we were setting up we would be reactive and bring almost a documentary approach to races that were going to happen whether we were there or not um and so that was sort of one one aspect of it the other was very much <clears throat> character driven and and the fact and and world driven is that you know what we said earlier is that the life is really on the backside where this community is that that really was our focus and the racing is something they're all working towards, but that's not really where the life is and where the story is. And so um, that influenced how we approached racing. And then finally, just on the character standpoint, um, this was really a subjective experience about what Jackson was going through, uh, you know, in this last season. And so we, we endeavored in every aspect of the film to stay very, very close to his experience, what was going on in his face, um, was telling just as much of a story as what he was saying and what was happening to him. And so that influenced, you know, how we actually structured the action was like that what's happening around him is less important than what he's feeling about what's happening. If that makes sense. I thought it was a really effective choice. Um, I, I was a huge fan of how, of how those two scenes were set up, um, and how, you know, how they mirrored each other in different ways. I, I was a big fan. Um, you mentioned the community, I guess the last thing, um, you know, before you, before I let you guys go is you, you bring in that community aspect, what life is like for these jockeys. I think even when, even in, in past horse racing movies, past horse movies, when we do get a look at the jockey, a lot of the time he's a very solo figure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you think about like, uh, like Tobey Maguire's character in Seabiscuit, very kind of isolated, 
um, aside from a few friends, you guys bring in the community in this one and how these guys get around. You do it by bringing, incorporating a lot of actual real life jockeys and that stuff comes through. I've, I've, it's like a mantra for me on this podcast is cast athletes, not actors. Cause unless you're asking someone to win you an Oscar, a lot of the time it's just going to be more effective if you have someone who has actually been there, that stuff of they, they know how to walk, they know how to talk it, you know, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. So you guys did that. And I, I go to that, that scene of them, you know, the kind of like the group therapy session of them talking about their, their interests and stuff like that. When you, you prep an actor who isn't an actor, who's just a real life person, like what notes do you give them versus you're working with, with Clifton or Moises Arias? Um, when you're directing a first time actor and someone who's not been in front of a camera before the biggest thing is like not giving them many notes and it's just making them comfortable and uh and making sure you're trying to get some essence of them across onto camera and the best way to do that is to just make them forget that they're trying to say lines or anything and just let them be themselves um and that was something with that scene in particular the the like jockey aa scene essentially um is that you know, they're, if you go into any jocks room across the country, you're going to hear them telling a bunch of stories and talking. Um, and there were a lot of things that uh, Greg and I had talked early on about wanting to get across. But anytime you would write it about the life of a jockey, it just wouldn't come across well. They can say it in their own words better than we can write it. Um, and so just setting up a scenario where you're just letting them talk and, and I didn't have to do much directing it other than just like throw out a question every once in a while. And then they would run on for 20 minutes. And it, it became one of the most uh, interesting and evocative scenes of the movie. Greg, I was going to ask how much footage did you guys have of them talking about their injuries? Like how long, cause for me, that was the scene of the movie. So, you know, how much, how much could that have gone on? Yeah. I, you know, we, we used a lot of hard drive space. Um, uh on on that scene and you know i was somewhat in more of a producing hat in that scene like i was very conscious of the dollar signs of just like how many terabytes it was eating up but i was so there for it artistically that they you know they were speaking to things and and revealing things that um encapsulated the whole why we made this film in the first place um and to be, get to honor those jockeys with their experiences uh, it felt very sacred uh, and we were in a little jockey church double wide on the backside so that's fitting i guess well it's just it's one of the things that the what jockey the the amount of injuries that jockeys sustain is if you get a chance to check out the movie uh if you're listening to this you'll you'll see very clearly like how much how often they get injured and how bad their injuries are and they don't look at a broken bone as really an injury it's it's just part of the job it's something that debilitates them and doesn't let them ride is an actual like that's getting hurt to them and it's something that we wanted to call out not only in 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 the movie but also we're working with a an organization called the permanently disabled jockeys foundation um or the permanently disabled jockeys fund and if you check them out they're one of the only um there's not a lot of safety nets for these jockeys when they actually get hurt and, uh, and so if, if anyone can check them out and give them some support, it would, it would be amazing. Yeah. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Uh, I think, I think that especially comes through in the scene where Jackson is talking to the, the horse doctor about his injuries and he's mm-hmm. very, very casual in the manner that he talks about his injury history, but, um, just excellent film, excellent character study. Uh, you know, I, 
really hope all my listeners check it out, guys. Tell me again, where where are people going to be able to find this and when can they find this? Uh, December 29th, if you happen to be in New York and L.A., head out to a theater. Uh, that Those are really important. Uh, we, that's a really important weekend because that gives the confidence to keep rolling it out across the country um, to other theaters. And then, you know, it'll keep finding its way into other platforms after that. Well, Greg, Clint, great job. Thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports. Thank you, Thank Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.